It's the 10 to 1 podcast with your host, Brad Oman, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Laux. And here's the podcast. Hey, Ben. Hey, Nate. How are you doing? Da 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 da. This is a Saturday Night Live podcast. Ba-da, ba-da. Sound- okay. Sometimes Saturday Night Live starts with game show sketches. Hey, you know what? Fair enough. But we're hey. not talking about hey. sketches. Party on, Brad. Party on, Garth. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing the the British Wayne's World. <laughs> it's a shame there was never a British it, Wayne's World. It shall be mine. Oh yes, it shall be mine. That's from Matilda. Uh, Guys, we're going to talk about Wayne's World. Uh, We're still on hiatus because it's the summer, of course, so Saturday Night Live is usually off, but they're especially- And the greedy studios won't pay their people what they're worth. Amen, brother. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true SAG actor. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the uh, the SAG-AFTRA strike is still going on. The Writers Guild of America strike is still going on. Uh, There has been some chatter uh, with with the uh, AMPTP, um, and they're they're trying to figure some stuff out, but there haven't really been any solid negotiations yet. We're still on strike, still going. So, who knows when Saturday Night Live is going to be back? Uh, usually, it would come back at the beginning of se- uh, September, mid September at the latest. Uh, but we'll see what happens. You know, we're going to be cutting it close because we're we're a couple weeks away from getting into September right now. So it's uh, not looking too good on the old SNL front. But you know what? If that happens, we'll make the best of it because we've got plenty of SNL movies to get through. And we've got a limited amount of numbers, so they do need to pick that before then. <laughs> we're going to be fine. We've got at least seven, and then we get into the Happy Madison films. We're going to go seven, <laughs> and then we'll just stop the. Podcast. And then the podcast is over. Yeah. No, then we'll just do a rewatch from like season one. Now, that, you know what then we can do? Then we can go watch the best of Saturday Night Live DVDs. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Except who has a DVD player still? Oh, me, my friend, because <laughs> physical media is king. And you must have the discs if you want to enjoy the best media has If you're to new offer. to our podcast or go flick yourself our other podcast, you know that Brad is a nerd. Yes, I love... Well, physical media is where it's at. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? When you lose licenses to the movies that you have only in digital that you don't actually own and you can't watch them because you don't Of course I don't own them. They're on Netflix. See, that's even worse. Yeah, I'll just buy him again. You won't be able to. He's rich. He's got. <laughs> Stop telling everyone. Uh, he's just a little bitch. What? Okay, we cut this on our not, other podcast. Not, not on this go one. Yourself. What do you mean? This is not go. We we we, we clean it up here. Uh, SNL swears all the time. Do they? I swear. I don't think they do. They don't. Yeah, they do. They can not say all the time. They can say everything right up until shit. But you just said it. You just. Said I'm shit. not on SNL. Uh, fine. And if I was, I'm I would. Sorry. I would. Listener, absolutely... listener, I'm sorry. Are you though? I am. Oh, whatever. Listen, we we're, watched. We're here Wayne's to talk World. about Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Party time. Excellent. Excellent. 1992 film. Yes. The second film that SNL produced, Lauren Michaels produced. Yes. The first one being Blues Brothers. We already. Covered. Uh, he didn't produce that one. Yes. This is the first film that Lauren Michaels produced. That's Sorry, correct. The, this is the second SNL film. Correct. Uh, but the first one was Blues Brothers from 1980? 81, 80? We literally we just, just had a podcast. <laughs> you know what? Go and listen to the last podcast. <laughs> uh, it's fine. No, I think it's 1980. Uh, so this is 12 years later for uh, the next you know, Saturday Night Live movie to come out. Why do we think that it took so long to do a second film? Well, if you think about it, the eighties were not, not, not great. Not a good year for SNL. Just for or for anything. Like eighties <laughs> was just a bad ten years. I was born in the eighties. Like God 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 gave us that. But um <laughs> not a great ten years for anything. I mean, that's oh, might be one of the worst takes he's ever had. The eighties yeah. produced some of the best, best movies, movies ever. ever made. <laughs> no, no. Uh, a little a little guy called Eddie Murphy? Gorbachev. <laughs> oh, my God. oh boy! Uh, but yeah, so the the '80s are uh, what SNL fans know as the Dick Ebersol years. Lorne Michaels famously left SNL, and it was left in the hands of Dick Ebersol, who's most famous for NBC Sports uh, being being a broadcaster. Like, but he has produced a wide variety of television shows in addition. Uh, but this is when we got like a whole new cast. Uh, it did it did allow us to see Eddie Murphy rise in prominence and fame very and quickly. Charles Rocket at a very young age, um, and this was, was also the time when uh, Joe Piscopo. 
got some screen time as well. Uh, but other than that, it was really a rough period for SNL. There was a couple, you know, bright spots here and there, and there were was still promising talent on the cast. You know, you had people like uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus and Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Anthony Michael Hall and all that kind of stuff. But SNL really just didn't have the same solid footing as it did when Lorne Michaels was producing, and it certainly wasn't nearly as good as it was when Lorne Michaels eventually came back. And so I think that's a large reason why we didn't see any other SNL movies happen. But also, I think that really you can attribute the success and rise of prominence of SNL movies of the fact that because SNL did come back in such a big way in the 90s, largely thanks to Wayne's World and the success of the movie. Uh, and so that's, yeah, that's really where we are with this. Sure. this. This was like a movie that kicked off a huge wave of Saturday Night Live inspired movies. And, and because these are, these are, of course, indelible characters that are created by uh, Mike Myers and, uh, and, and played by, uh, by Dana Carvey. And then they, they took that and kind of made that the, the theory of the movies, right? We're going to do an It's Pat movie. We're going to do the characters from the show are, are movies. These are not just the actors that were cast members get a, getting a movie. These are only characters from the show getting right. movies at that time. Not not a great move because uh, most of these are not great movies, but Wayne's World is kind of to blame because it was so good. Although Lauren Michaels was still very much producing comedies featuring sure. SNL stars that weren't based sure. on SNL sketches, you know, because Tommy Boy, you know, came, sure. came out and everything. But and think about it. Th- these were, it, it is the amazing Wayne's World's fault that we got in its pat probably, right? Sure. Let's talk a little bit about the two main cast members because, again, this is an SNL podcast, and I want to talk a, a little bit about Dana Carvey uh, first. Dana Carvey came on in season 12 in SNL. Do you know who else was in that season that was new cast members that year? It's a, uh, it's kind of a who's who. It's some I great would, cast members. I would members. assume that that was the same year that like Adam, Adam Sandler. No, no, no. not yet. Later. Uh, no. Rob Schneider. So that was 86, 87. No, those guys David came Spade. On. Uh, no. No, that's way late. Chris Farley. No. No, these are late. This is Phil Hartman. Oh. Jan Hooks. Oh. Kevin Nealon. Yes. Victoria Jackson. Oh, well. Yeah. Back then, it's fine. They can't all be winners. So, and then John Lovitz had come on, I think, the year before. Dennis Miller was there. That was an interesting time. I feel like that's when the cast member was an early iteration of the cast that we loved. It just graduated out of the Dick Ebersole years. Lauren had come back. That seems very different than the early, early 80s type cast members to me. And the fact that we, conf- we, we all conflate uh, Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, Mike Myers with Dana Carvey, Kevin Nealon. I, you know, I do. I yeah. think about them in the same era. Obviously, there's some crossover there, but they're nowhere near starting yeah. at the same time. That cast was together for two seasons, and then the next se- uh, season, it'd be season 14. So they were together for season 12, season 13, not a lot of movement there. And then season 14, halfway through... Uh, they added Mike Myers. Uh, gotcha. His first episode was in January 21st. Do you, know, so, do you know who else was a featured player when Mike Myers joined? Ben Stiller? Yeah, Ben Stiller. Nice. Yeah. So, And Al Franken became a featured player as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was that year, but he'd been a yeah. writer, but he became... So now we're starting to get to the when I started watching SNL. Um, and so I don't actually remember the first Wayne's World sketch. It was in 1989. Brad, you were a zygote at that time. How old were you? I was three years old. Yeah. When it actually aired, I, I, I wasn't really watching SNL yet. Yeah. No. But I, w- I did start watching SNL before Wayne's World was done, though, yep. on, on Saturday Night Live. And so somewhere in that, what, four-year span, where three-year span or whatever, when they had Wayne's World on SNL, I started watching. I yeah, actually remember the Aerosmith episode. Ten, 10 to 12 years old is probably yeah, when I started yep. being and able so, to stay up late enough to watch it. Exactly. When we watched Blues Brothers... I felt disconnected because it was uh, a cast member in sketches that I didn't grow up watching. I didn't know much about them. I had to research. This feels very me. feels yeah. very true to the SNL that I knew. It is true to the references that I have for current SNL. It is He everything. does. He says schwing yeah. all the well, time. No, the, the, in, in the most inappropriate settings, too. Like He says it at funerals. He says it at... Well, at my church, we don't say amen. We say schwing. No, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Schwing. schwing. But, but it just... 
I love this film. I love this sketch, and it is for us as SNL fans. Absolutely, the beginning for me um, of my story with SNL. Yeah, yeah. honestly, for me, I I don't even because uh, you're a couple years younger than us. So yeah, yeah, I don't even remember when I actually started watching SNL. But I, I as far as I remember, it's because of Wayne's World. I had seen the movie first. I uh, my aunt and uncle. My a movie before you saw that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, my mom's, uh, my mom's sister, my aunt and uncle, they had Wayne's World on VHS, and my cousins are um, a, a decent amount older than me. Like the youngest one is six or seven years older than me, uh, and then his sister is like ten years older than me, or like Ben's age, something like that. Uh, and so they were always watching movies that was probably like it was probably a little. Far well, ahead, a little too, a little too much. Yeah, than 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 what I would have otherwise been watching. Uh, but I watched Wayne's World over there a bunch, and <laughs> here's Pulp Fiction. Um, and I just like uh, I I loved it. You know, as as a, as a kid, you know, there's stuff that was obviously over my head. But for whatever whatever reason it was, part of me thinks it's because of because I had already liked Ferris Bueller's Day Off that I liked the dynamic of having characters speaking indirectly into the camera sure. like to me and like made me feel like I was involved in the, in the show. It's I think it's the same kind of reason that kids like, you know, blues clues and shit like that. It's like, oh, they're talking to me, you know, I, I enjoy this. And so I had seen the movie a lot before I had ever seen any actual SNL sketches. And then when I had you know, understood that Wayne's World was something they did on TV. I tried. I want to go to there. Yeah, I tried to stay up to do it. And whenever I would stay up to watch SNL, I would always be disappointed if there wasn't a new <laughs> Wayne's World. And I would be like, "Where's Wayne's World?" They're like, "Oh, they didn't do it this week." And I was like, "What They're the like, fuck what? do you mean they didn't do it this week?" Head wound, Harry again. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Wayne's World for me. I've been watching that movie since I was a very young young kid on on VHS tape. So yeah, it's uh, I, I love it. So do you guys remember resonating more with either of those uh, two? main cast members when they were on the show were you a bigger mike myers fan or dana carvey fan or did you not really care so much about individual cast members and you just like the show as a here whole? here's probably the hottest take i have about snl is that i i don't i'm not a fan <laughs> i'm not a huge like man he's one of the hall of famers on my mount rushmore of dana carvey like i think he's very really? good oh, i think he's very good that's obviously cute, though that's cute but he's not he's not I, I I don't want to say overrated. Obviously, yeah. he's a he's a he's a talented impressionist, um, but it's 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 pretty much you know that's that's all he he really did. You're wrong. You're wrong. But no, he, I, I would actually place him higher than Mike Myers for me. Yeah, absolutely. Dana Carvey did a lot more original characters and a lot more memorable impressions than Mike Myers did. Um, and I like Mike Myers a lot, but Mike Myers, once you start watching a lot of his stuff, you start noticing trends. And, and like, I'm, I'm not saying this jokes, because I'm holding Mike jokes Myers that he repeats up. and stuff like that. I'm just saying that yeah, yeah, sure. either yep. one of them were were like the the, the only yeah, pantheon yeah. That's, of, of that's grants fair. to me. I, to me, to me, I think Danny Carvey is one of the best SNL cast members of all, is all of all time. And I think that I play, pretty sure I placed him on our list that we did a while back. And um, but yeah, it's I I think Danny Carvey is better and. At the time, uh, when I was younger, I didn't necessarily have an investment in one over the other. I just liked them as Wayne and Garth, and I liked watching them because I, they were funny to me, you know? Uh, as time went on, I think I became uh, a little more loyal to Dana Carvey for a bit because when he left and he did the Dana Carvey show, it was something that I actually liked watching when I was a kid. Um, and I, I remembered so that when it came back to like reassessing it and people were talking about it and like how, you know, it was kind of ahead of its time Way ahead of its yeah time. and had, had and watching the documentary too funny to fail on hulu if you haven't seen that you should watch it but about the incredible writer staff that they had and all these things but the i because i always remembered stuff from the dana carvey show and loving it for as short a time as it was on but i also still really liked mike myers like i i remember as a kid wanting to see so i married an axe murderer because mike myers was in it even though I that movie that wasn't exactly my speed when i was younger i liked seeing him in it and i enjoyed it because hey, of that move <laughs> uh, it's so, got its own weather system. That's a great, great. Um, so Mike Myers, he has got a rhythm and he's got a a feel that when he is on, he's on. Mm -hmm. Dana Carvey for me is a little bit like Keenan Thompson is today, where you put him in a sketch and he and, and Chris Farley was like this as well. You put them in there and they'll do something to make that sketch better yeah. every time. I've listened to some of the podcasts and everything, and Dana Carvey was a guy that you just wanted in your sketch. Like, sure. they were begging to get, if you can, as a writer, you know, David Spade talks about this, when he started writing on SNL, all he wanted to do was have Dana Carvey in a sketch. Because if, if it had him in the sketch, 
it was gonna be funny. And Dan Carvey yeah, was ben. very he's just not that good. You know, but no, he was also very <laughs> generous. He would play the the smallest part in a sketch. He just liked sketch comedy. But I, I kind of just church lady stuff, you know, all these sketches that were um Hans and Franz that that I think back to in love. I think I, I place I place him just slightly higher than Mike Myers for me. Though I will say Mike Myers' movies obviously have had a bigger impact on me. What sure. do you mean? You didn't like Master of Disguise? <laughs> Actually I've never seen Master of Disguise. I've seen that. It's not great. Well, I'm sorry. Have you seen the Turtle Club scene? That's w- kind of what I'm referencing. Yeah, that's hilarious. But maybe, Mike- maybe that's what I'm doing. I'm just I'm, I'm conflating his movie career with his sketch comedy, and I'm just what's not interesting liking. because he doesn't have much of a movie career. Well, exactly, and that's why. <laughs> Let's talk about the origins of Wayne's World, Nate. Wayne's World actually was kind of like the Blues Brothers was birthed before SNL. Um, this kind of concept was birthed when Mike Myers was in, he's Canadian, he, he's not shy to talk about his Canadian roots. What? Was in Canada, and he was doing a, a, a series called It's Only Rock and Roll, where he appeared in Little Life Lessons, and there's these little videos called Wayne's Power Minute. And you can actually find some of them on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, I sent some to you guys. I'll, I'll see if I can remember to put it in the show notes. But you see the kind of rough iteration of what Wayne is yeah. in these things, where it's kind of a metalhead. I, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch the one I sent you today. Yeah, the wig is awful. It, it doesn't look good. To be fair, it's, the wig was always awful. It only actually got decent yep. in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it is true. Yeah. So th- this is kind of it, like I said, it was birth. I think two years before he even joined the show because he was doing some sketch comedy in Canada. Mm-hmm. He had a career before this. Not not great. It was kind of like a lot of the other cast members on SNL where they don't just start on SNL. Some of them are in the sketch comedy world in Chicago or Toronto or, or LA or something. And he had been doing that. And he had actually went to LA or uh, London rather. Um, he actually has British citizenship. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, his, isn't his mom British? I think so. Yeah. So he was in London. He helped form a sketch troupe over there as well. And, you know, so he brought this to SNL. I think actually one of the kind of, if you, if you want to talk about drama parts of Wayne's world is he feel, felt and feels, maybe not as much anymore, obviously, felt very possessive of this character because he did, he did create it. And so sharing it with Dana Carvey created a lot of conflict in the film. Uh, I know you, you uh, Brad, interviewed the director, uh, Penelope Spheris, I think mm-hmm. is her name. Um, I don't know if she talked about that at all, but um, there was a lot of conflict in making this film because for him, Wayne's World is about Wayne, not Wayne and Garth. Yeah, and so and it's like, kind of interesting. The first cut of the the first uh, script not have a lot for Garth to do. Yeah, and and Dana Carvey did come up with some ideas for the stuff to give Garth and and stuff that they would put in the script, but then when he would get like a new draft of it back, he would see that a lot of it was taken out, and he actually. He quit, uh, didn't he, he? He, he? So he threatened to quit. They kind of called his bluff because they didn't think that he would, and then he, he actually did uh, because he just didn't see like what there was for him What's to do, the point you know, in the, yeah, in, the, in the movie. And so he did quit, but they uh, there's no details on necessarily how it was resolved or anything like that, but like they did work it out, and obviously he came back and did the movie. But yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, contention there. And what, I mean, and it's interesting too because back when they did the you know the early SNL sketches, uh, Dana Carvey didn't get much guidance from Mike Myers about who Garth was or anything. This wasn't a character that Mike Myers, you know, really crafted in the same way that he knew Wayne. Uh, before the sketch even happened, you know, he all basically all he told Dana Carvey was like was Garth loves Wayne. Like that that's it. You know, like like he's just like he's his biggest fan essentially. And that's you know, the way Dana Carvey plays it is like, you know, he uh he's he's his sidekick and like he's there to support Wayne, you know, in, in those sketches. Now, what whatever Wayne says, it's you can just see the 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 uh allegiance that, that Garth has there. Yeah. To not only Wayne, but also to to rock music and to that lifestyle. Right? Yeah. They they, they love it. We'll get into the finer details of the film in a, a little while, but I can tell you this. Garth is my favorite part of this film. He he really is. He's just so good. And that, and when I rewatched it, you know, last week, I picked up even more subtleties of some of the things Dana Carvey does that are just so funny. Facial expressions and just little things in the background that he's yeah. doing that are just so so funny. Well, just it it. Wait, in, in this movie, like I mentioned earlier, that the movie reminds me of Ferris Bueller, 
Stay Off in a way is Wayne is Ferris Bueller essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Garth is so much fun because he's such a weirdo and yep. like all the things he does are just so like random and out of left field. You know, like it's and it's it's, it's fun to watch. Him. He's he's sexually naive, right? Yeah, but, he, but he's not. It's it's really that he's not really worldly naive. He's just a, a very closed off. Like he wouldn't even think about sex in that way. Yeah, he's socially awkward. He, yeah, like he's, he doesn't get it. But also he he's got plenty of friends, and obviously he's got in the movie they all hang out. And he's, he's like a teenager in a man's body. Exactly. Yeah. In the book Life from New York, uh, Conan O'Brien talks about when Mike Myers brought this sketch because he was a writer at the time. Mike Myers brings this sketch, and, and it probably wasn't fully formed. Oftentimes they aren't right. So much of this existed in Mike Myers' head for many years and when that happens sometimes it's hard to then put it on paper because sure. you're you're operating with a lot of um historical kind of background there but conan uh <laughs> talks about he brings this sketch to robert smigel bob odenkirk greg daniels and him Jesus, talk about i just let you know uh, yeah greg daniels uh created a little show you might have heard of called the office and yeah. bob odenkirk's done a couple things um <laughs> what who's that now <laughs> yeah so right i mean those four right those four wow, just yeah. like um and they're like, ah, this is nothing, you know? And Conan's like, so here we're at read-through, or we're at sketch, kind of where they're presenting sketches. I think they did it on Monday or Tuesday. But um, And they see on the list, he's got this in there. And, and you know, Conan's like, he's just going to get ripped. And he gets it on the show, you know? And he's like, history's made. Because sometimes... And, and do you know where the first Wayne's World debuted? The ten to one, the ten to one spot. That's right, because Aurora, it was so Illinois. Weird. Then the the Leslie Nielsen hosted episode. So yeah, it, it's just an interesting kind of formation from Mike Myers' head, Mike Myers uh, doing it in Canada first, and then bringing it to SNL. Yeah, and and now a lot of these characters, by the way, Brad, a lot of the characters like you've mentioned before, I think exist way before they get onto SNL, oh, yeah. and then SNL kind of owns the characters once they get there. Right? Yeah, and the the first iteration of Wayne's World was I remember it as the top 10 list only type thing. They would come in, he would have the big sandwich board, they, yeah. would, they would do the top 10. But the first couple of them had no, no top 10. It wasn't like that. It was just right. Wayne in a public access show in his basement with his buddy Garth. They would talk. And it was just it was just random. So you probably haven't seen uh, the first Wayne's World a lot because it's not one that they typically like to replay because uh, it has a couple jokes that uh, haven't aged too well. Not great. Yeah. Um, there's particularly a joke about... Uh, do they use the gay F word? They do, actually. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they do drop that. You're kidding. Yeah. He said that's what they drop that. Uh, like, um, Phil Hartman is uh, the the guest and they, and they call he, him a gay, homophobic F slur. And he, yeah, because he, 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 pre- he presents himself as gay on, on that in the sketch, right? Uh, I don't know if that's true. I think they just make fun of him and call him. Oh, that. gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So he maybe plays just a little effeminate? I don't even know if it's that. I think oh, really? It, like, <laughs> at, at the wow, time, so Wayne's just a piece of shit. Okay, cool. Yeah, at the time, it was just like, that's what you yeah, called yeah. your friends. Gotcha. You know, if you that's that's how you insulted people. So It was the 80s again. Yeah, and the, uh, and on top of that, there's also a uh, kind of a joke about like hooking up with the drunk girl, which is... Whoa. Yeah, it's basically like a date rape scenario. And so, it, you know what, guys? Let's go watch the first episode of Wayne's World but yeah, if you if you go on SNL, they have a compilation, the official SNL YouTube channel. It's like every Wayne's World ever. Is it in there? It's not every Wayne's World <laughs> it's ever. Not they definitely Wayne's. They don't have that one in there, but it is is on on Peacock. If you go watch the full episode, you can still still watch that at Wayne's World sketch. But they, what, uh, they didn't like to include it in the compilation. And that was the one with Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen hosted the episode, but he's not in the. There sketch. wasn't actually right. as many guests as I thought there were. Bringing guests onto the couch, I thought there was going to be more celebrity, but a lot yeah. of the guests were just cast members. Yeah. Aerosmith guested. Yeah. Um, Madonna did, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if Madonna, I don't think Madonna ever did the the proper Wayne's World sketch. She did but- coffee talk. Well, no, they, they, she, they did coffee talk, and then they did that uh, that parody of her music video in black and white, where, that's where right, it's, a, yeah. it's a dream sequence. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I'm sorry. Heather Locklear did, uh, did she sorry. come on once? Uh, I think Heather Locklear did come on once. Madonna's when she, when Madonna hosted, she was on coffee talk, and Barbara Streisand came on. That's the yes, thing I was thinking. That's of. That's, that's, that's the that's, famous. Yeah, drop yeah. There but you yeah. Go. So only uh, and they did what one two. Th- I mean, they did looks like fifteen to twenty of them. Oh wow! In between eighty nine and ninety four. And it, I mean, it was a very popular sketch for them. Yeah, and I think there's maybe three celebrity cameos at all, right? Which which, which speaks to the fact time. that it, it carried its own weight, right? It didn't need do you a mean, celebrity cameo. You mean cameos, or you mean having the host in the sketch? Have, having the host in the sketch oh, okay, is gotcha. what I'm saying. Like the other people were just cast members. Right. They always had guests on the show right. on Wayne's World, but it would be a but Bill like Hartman Jan, or something. Jan Hooks would play a character. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jan Hooks, man, still underrated to me. 
hilarious. She's, she was very, she was yeah, very she's funny. Fantastic. So that the the film gets greenlit right in ninety. 91 they made it in 92 i think right or in february of 92 so they probably made it in 91 so it's really interesting because they made this film while the sketches are still going on on snl and so it wasn't you know these guys left snl so let's turn this into a sketch and i don't know we're going to watch a lot of these films i'll be interesting to see if that was the case or if you make it's pat after you know did did stewart save his family before al franken left yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. Like, or you know, these guys leave so you have time to make films with them now over these characters, or, or is you it wanna... just the summer break? Yeah, yeah, because uh, the ones that came in the late '90s, they they struck while the iron was hot. They're like, oh, this character's popular on SNL. Let's give them a movie. And at the time, people like Will Ferrell, Molly Shannon, Chris Kattan, they were still on the show, and they. But like Night at the Roxbury characters got popular. Uh, Such America and Gallagher got popular. But then you still have stuff like Coneheads, which is like reaching way back into yep, the history yeah. of SNL, uh, and do it doing that in the '90s. And um, yeah, and, and Stewart saves his family. Like I feel like that came just after Al Franken would have left, right? Because he wasn't still on the show around that I don't time, think was so. he? I don't think he was. The two big, and we'll talk about them later, obviously. But the two very surprising movies here are Stuart Saves His Family and It's Pat. Those are those are just, it would have been like doing a Head Wound Harry movie. Like these these characters are very popular. Now we're talking. But man, <laughs> they, they, they were popular on the show, but there's just nothing there really, you know? Yeah. So Crazy. Brad, you probably know a little bit more about this than, than Ben and I, but Whoa. the formation of the film, because you have interviewed Penelope Spheres, the director of this film, mm-hmm. who was picked specifically by Mike Myers um, because of a documentary I think she directed. Yeah, about metal. And then they didn't really hit it off on the film, though, correct? Yeah. So, like, there there were some some woes and some challenges. Uh, some of it because of Mike Myers being so protective of Wayne. Uh, you know, another part of it is just he's kind of notoriously hard to work. Yeah, with. Yeah, that's that's what the what the understanding is. Uh, you know, it's and and it doesn't seem like he's ever really admitted to it or like opened up about any of that stuff. But there's a lot of horror stories out there about Mike Myers being kind of a tyrant and a diva and, and that kind of thing. But um, uh, when I talked to Penelope Spheris about the movie, one of the things that she said was so difficult as a director is because a lot of the people working on the movie were so used to the SNL environment. She was constantly getting new pages of the script. Yeah, rewrites the, the, the day that they were shooting and they were like oh here let's do this and she's like what the this fuck is, are you talking this about this is like, a movie yeah <laughs> like we've storyboarded this like we right. can't just add new things like this and well so, no now there's a school bus that comes in and <laughs> so they so they had to work through stuff like that um and that you know and plus you know dana and mike were always wanting to like do more takes and like she's trying to have like a conservative day and only shoot so much footage they, and that they, kind of thing they only had 40 days to make this film. Yeah, exactly. Right? So know? there was a schedule because, again, they had to get back to SNL. They had to yeah. like, do all these things. Exactly. I had known about this kind of feud from your interview with her. Uh, and then I watched something from Mike Myers maybe last year, two years ago, where he talks about nobody could have directed this film other than Penelope Spheres. Yeah, they, he has an immense respect for her now and how the movie turned out. And, you know, I think it's it's one of those things, too, where he was still young at the time. And so I'm sure he had, you know, his idea of how things should have been done and his character and that kind of thing. And when you're young and, you know, something is yours, like you hold it close to you and you don't want anyone messing it yeah, up. Yeah, she, she talks in a story about him flipping over a table of bagels on the set because they had butter and not margarine like these kind of things where it's like are are you kidding me and uh, she has this quote in entertainment weekly where she says he but she's talking about mike myers was emotionally needy and got more difficult as the shoot went along you should have heard him bitching when i was trying to do that bohemian rhapsody scene i can't move my neck like that why do you have to do this so many times nobody's gonna laugh at that to this day, I have this image of my daughter sitting on this little cooler looking at me like, Mom, I fucking hate you. It, it was a struggle. Now, I will say this. I read that Mike and Dana genuinely messed up their neck in that scene. Yeah, no, they, they <laughs> both have said that like it, it was tough because they were really headbanging. They and they so many filmed times. it a ton. Yeah, like, yeah. And so and I understand there because they say that if you watch the film, there are certain scenes where you can tell that they're not moving their neck much in the in the scene because <laughs> and and Dana has confirmed no no, no we we could barely move our neck at, like yeah. if you can it's like when you sleep on your neck weird and you wake up into this so. that's that Wayne's World to me that this is one of those like where the movie has just always had a place in my pop culture 
uh, memory is that like I'd watched so many times. My parents also loved it so much that whenever my parents and you I had a lot cooler parents than me because <laughs> I don't think my dad would like this movie. When, Turn it off. Yeah. Whenever my parents and I were on road trips and Bohemian Rhapsody came on the radio, we you would hurt all, your neck. We would we would all headbang to that part <laughs> that part in the song. We would never miss it. It was a fun part for this, and I watched it last week. And my son Finn, if I don't think, know if I've talked about this, we talk about him on Go Flix Yourself. He's been a guest on there. He's 13 years old, and he loves sketch comedy. He's big into theater, and he watched this for the first time and just thought it was hilarious. Oh, so yeah. it was so much fun. Yeah, he didn't love Blues Brothers as much. Sure. Uh, he loved this one though. So this, it still and, seemed relevant and, to him. And this is Finn feels like he has the spirit of like Wayne's World within him. He yeah. does. He does. Yeah. This movie is. Yeah, also, these characters are him. Yeah. You know, prior to movies that that we. You know, watched in our twenties and our thirties, Anchorman and Hangover and things like that. That were uh, very quotable. This is one of the most quotable of all time. Of all time, by far. I mean, I still, I can recite the gun rack scene, right? Like that's crazy. But you guys remember being younger and everyone's like, not. Oh, of course, (laughs) of course. I said swing all the time. Car game (laughs) on. We, I still do that. No way. Way. Yeah. <laughs> a gun rack. What am I going to do with a oh, gun rack? I don't even own a gun. Let alone many, many guns. By the way, I say an entire rack. By the way, real story that happened to Mike Myers. That <laughs> yeah. genuinely see, that's, was. Yeah, yeah. see, that's, um, that's fantastic. Another one for us was uh, in, in middle school. A sphincter says what? Yeah. 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 Uh, Are take, you mental? Take you where? I'm low on gas and you don't have a jacket. That's uh, Wayne's World 2, buddy. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. It squeezed me? <laughs> Baking soda? Baking powder? Yeah, baking powder. Yeah. So let's. Do you like the movie, or it's been two months since I've seen it? Uh, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the film itself. It is hard to take a sketch and turn it into a whole film. Sometimes it's just better to leave as a sketch. Right. I still love this film as a film. Well, what's that, and that's kind of what this speaks to, like you know, the brilliance of what Mike Myers. Um, and uh, Bonnie Turner and who's who's the other Turner that also co-wrote this? Uh, Bach, Terry, Bach, Bach, Terry Bach Turner. Turner. Yeah, so Bonnie and Terry Turner, they worked on the sketches uh, at Saturday Night Live, and so they knew the, the and characters. And gone on to write a bunch of other stuff, too. Yeah, right? and, they, and they knew the characters as well as Mike yep. Myers and Dana Carvey did, but like what 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 everyone does here is rather than just like try and figure out how to easily replicate the sketch over and over again, even though they do do that very well in this sketch is they give the movie a, a funny story. Like yeah. at, at its core, this is a romantic comedy. It just happens to star Saturday night live characters. Um, and it works so well because the characters are, are lovable. They have a great dynamic and you were able to do so much with them because I think that their creation would just allowed so much opportunity to do a lot of different things, like having them be from Aurora, Illinois and setting it within that Midwest culture. Even though Mike Myers is from Canada, you would would never, it wasn't even shot in Illinois, right? It wasn't shot. It was just, I also love that these, these characters are, are decently one note, right? Like who, who Wayne Campbell is and who Garth Algar are, they're, they're clearly metalheads and they, they, they worship, you know, that culture but but you don't do a backstory of like how Wayne and, and Garth you know uh, mom and dad and grew up and it, it, their family life that wasn't about that but what they did do is they dropped these characters into a fully realized environment yeah and the the city of Aurora even having like Ed O'Neill behind the counter He's as a fully fleshed out character and just all of those things in this film work because they drop these kind of simple characters but in a very fleshed out world let's take a moment to to appreciate rob Lowe because yes. this is the beginning of him as a comedic actor and he is so great as a comedic actor and so many other things now we know him as that this was not far after his scandal and they brought him into yeah. this film and he's talked about this on his own podcast where he didn't know what this was going to be. I mean, he he talks about when they make the film, he's done with the film, he's like, eh, it's a film, right? It's just sometimes as actors, you just make films and you get paid for them. And probably because it's not long after a scandal, he was just glad to get paid to for get a work. film. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't, you know, they're making the film, they're talking about these scenes, he's like, it's not funny, guys. And he went to a screening and all they had to do, and it's pretty early in the film, is get the Bohemian Rhapsody, he said, in the crowd went crazy and he said and i realized there this is going to be freaking huge. huge how um, much did it make it was over 120 maybe yeah or something like that it was, it was over for a 90s comedy crazy. yeah so 183 million on a 20 million dollar budget comedies would kill for that today yeah. right for comedies today, don't yeah, yeah. typically get that and so um it was a big 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 deal yeah there's just so much about this film that i love jokes in this are great tia carrere 
She scared me when I was younger. Fantastically honestly. wonderful and she, also beautiful. She sings in this. Like yeah. this is her voice. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really good. She she's Hawaiian, not Mandarin. Um, so she actually couldn't understand any of the Mandarin. Uh, Cantonese was, or Cantonese. Cantonese yeah. yeah. Cantonese, uh, but she's from Hawaii. Uh, I do karaoke every now and then just for shits and giggles, and I sing Ballroom Blitz. And I Ball. oh easy hold for applause here. What? And I I do it in the style that she does in certain parts because I know that version of the song <laughs> so much better than the regular version. I didn't remember that it was Laura Flimboyle in yeah. this film who really looks and comes across as a very different Laura Flynn Boyle that I knew from other films. Yeah. Right? So Psycho hose beast. <laughs> My brother worked with her. Really? What do you think? Yeah. This was like after she had kind of like yeah, taken... Yeah, this is probably 10 years is ago. Is she still working or no? Oh, I mean, I'm sure she's working on something. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't see her like... <laughs> no, he just said that she was very much like scatterbrained and, and kind of not really with it. Yeah, she's been uh, she's been going. Yeah, had a, a hard life. Yeah, I don't know anything about her. She got into a lot of drugs, I think, uh, and I also think that she was. At- what was Rob Lowe's scandal? I don't know. What was it? it, was uh, it uh, did he cheat on his wife? Or was it a prostitute? It was co- a coke or something. I think it was a. I think it was a kind of a Robert Downey Jr. type of thing, right? Or no? I, I thought it was more of like a Hugh Grant situation. Oh, Hugh Grant. It? Yeah, you're right. Yep. Visited a, a woman of the night. No, in 1988, so a couple years before they make this, uh, Rob Lowe, who was 24 years old, was involved in a sex scandal over a videotape of him having sex with two females. There you go. That's it? Like, was Sarah Siebert was 22, and her younger friend, Lena, was 16. Oh, that'll, that'll do it. Do it. The Nate, three, ben, the, you want to go back and <laughs> fix that one? I or? mean, I didn't, you know, that didn't <laughs> sound all that. I'm like, is that a, you know? Like, the three shoot, met, be, you got to be proud of that. Today, then, oh. today you get a reality show for that. Oh. <laughs> the three met at Club Rio and an Atlanta nightclub, which was 20, 21 and over. Uh, they were videotaped the night before at the Democratic National Convention in Atlanta. As the age of consent in Georgia was 14 at the time, both were legal of age to engage in sexual activity, although 18 was the legal age to be involved in such a recording. That was the scandal. Is they actually, recorded it. Yeah, no, exactly. Weird. You can't record it. Um, Georgia. Though he, she Crazy. was technically old enough to consent to having sex. And so, oh, um, God, that's so horrible. So, yeah. And he, yeah, I'm just going to, let's just take all that back. <laughs> And so he was partying a lot of that time. Again, Rob Lowe was freaking huge in the 80s. And so Brad in, Pack, baby. in 1990, he got sober and then, um, yeah. And then did Wayne's World and Tommy Boy and the rest is history. Uh, also uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, second Austin Powers. Yeah, number yeah. two. He was great. Yeah. So yeah, that was his scandal. Not great. Right. No, no, but, not great at all. But that I, I mean, obviously, if, if it was like 22 and 23, okay, what are we doing here? But woof, that's tough. Yeah, but he he is fantastic in this movie. He plays such a great smarmy oh, little gosh, little douchebag. Yeah, he's <laughs> smarmy little douchebag. Yeah, and now Christopher Walken is the villain in the second one. Yes, that's gotcha. correct. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean honestly, um, in the pantheon of uh, comedies, not even SNL comedies, just comedies, Wayne's World is way up there, right? I mean, it's 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 it should be revered as one of the all time greats. Would you put it higher? We're gonna watch some films. Is this at the top of the films for SNL for you? This this is the best SNL film. Although I think that Wayne's World Two comes awfully close to being just as good as you Wayne's think. World 2 is so I funny. honestly don't remember as much of Wayne's World Two. Wayne's World um, Two is so good. It is it is better than I, it has any right to be. I had watched Wayne's World multiple times over the last twenty years or whatever, twenty thirty years. I have not watched Wayne's World Two as many. times. Oh, you're so. gonna have fun. I can't wait. Yeah. You're gonna have. You're fun. gonna have a good time. Um, um, I'm just looking them up here real quick so that I can see what else. I mean. I th- I think that it's probably the best one. Uh, MacGruber is MacGruber's pretty up there up for there. sure. Yeah, yeah, MacGruber's um, definitely up there. Yeah. I I love Coneheads. We'll talk more about Coneheads. Is, is kind of a sleeper. I, I there's a yeah. lot to like about. Whenever that somebody has something bad to say about Coneheads, I'm like, no, fuck you, man. Like Cone, Coneheads is good shit. Yeah, and Coneheads has like everybody in it too. The you'll like you'll be if you haven't watched Coneheads in a long time, when you go rewatch it, you will be. Absolutely floored by how many people are in that movie, especially I, from, I have not seen especially from SNL. Time. Yeah, we've got uh, Dan Aykroyd, Jane Curtin, obviously. Well, don't spoil it. Don't go looking. Well, 
We don't even know. Nate that does Dan, this all the time, though. He just yeah. wants to just get it all out there. I just now. want you to know that Sinbad is in it. There, I won't say anything else. Yeah, maybe the most famous SNL cast member. Damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> uh, all right, well, what else do you want to talk about with uh, with Wayne's World? I don't think we have anything else. Is there anything else you guys want to mention? Any other scenes that you love the most? I maybe uh, one thing that I really regret not uh, asking about, even though I'm sure the story isn't necessarily fully interesting. But when I talked to Penelope Spheris and I just didn't have the time to get to this, is I wanted to find out more about how the Robert Patrick cameo came together as T1000. Oh, that's great! Because it's such a great random yeah. little bit, and yeah. it's, it's and that movie so would have been you know right then, right? Like it, literally right after Terminator yeah. Two came so out. They, yeah. they filmed it. What? I mean. It, the movie comes out and the Robert Patrick must have to film that scene the next week because these films came out relatively close to one another, right? Yeah, but it doesn't, but it doesn't necessarily mean that like because Terminator Two probably shot much further ahead of probably had a Wayne's lot World. longer yeah. shooting schedule. Well, so. sure, but like to to know that that movie was was good, so they basically do you think that he shot that before the T Two came out? Uh, I doubt it because like why would you know that that would hit? Well, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, that's what I'm saying. It's such a short window. Well, again, if they only shot in 40 days. Because T2 came out in, what, 91? Oh, yeah, 91. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I'm so they, they had time. They had time to pull that um, So Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't going to be in the film. Yeah. It was going to be too expensive to get in there. Mm-hmm. Mike Myers insisted on it. Uh, the producer and um, uh, Lauren Michaels even, you know, other producers, the, the studio, rather, and Lauren Michaels said, we just can't do it. Plus... It's an old song, right? It, yeah. it is not as relevant as like they. Lauren Michaels wanted a Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. song to show that you're more metal kind of thing. Do you think? Do you think it would have worked as well? I mean, it's tough to say. You know, I mean, like it's it, such a. It depends on what Guns N' Roses song you're talking about, and like Civil War. It just changes the vibe so much. You know, it's just so hard to picture that scene without that song. It yeah. just. Obviously, if it's something different, we would probably would have known it that. But I don't know if it would have been liked as much because Bohemian Rhapsody is such a weird and funny song itself. Yeah, it's sad. And honestly, if you listen to the lyrics, but it has got these weird kind of elements to it that it just fits the um, it fits the feeling of the film, or it maybe yeah. it sets the tone of the film. Yeah, maybe, absolutely. In a, in a really really great way, and and I just thought, you know what. I wonder how many positions like that. So Mike Myers is known as kind of a, a jerk or hard to work with in many ways. At least he was at this point in his career. Maybe it's good when you have a vision for something to be as kind of hard lined about something to say, no, I'm not going to do this if we don't get this thing because I have such a specific vision for this scene with this song. Yeah. And so I don't know. Um, I think it depends though, because like, uh, you know, I don't think that necessarily helped him with the love guru. <laughs> um, or the pentaveret. Ben's a big defender <laughs> of the Love Guru. Uh, it's a great movie. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm scrolling through some of the IMDb trivia, and you know, these these can be hit or miss. You know, they're not all fact checked. Yeah, they're not all like sourced. Exactly. The, fir- the first movie to feature a Stan Makita donut shop. Oh, <laughs> wow. Man, I, I fucking love Ed O'Neill. He's in this movie, amazing. Though. Such a great random like bit dead side Dead behind part. the eyes. That you was know, bent up for 28 <laughs> hours. Like. That was an interesting thing for, for Finn. Uh, we are big Modern Family fans. We've watched all the- <laughs> So he doesn't know that version of Ed O'Neill? No, no. And it was like, <laughs> and, and then he doesn't know young Ed O'Neill. Either, yeah, right? exactly. Like, Al Bundy Ed O'Neill. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't know Al Bundy or anything, right? <laughs> so it's like, what is this guy? You know? Why do they come to me to die? <laughs> Why do they come to me to die? It's so good. Uh, so if 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 IMDb tw- uh, trivia is to be believed, Alice Cooper came to the set under the impression that he would be performing musically for the film uh, with one line. Upon arrival, he was surprised to be handed an entire monologue to memorize and shoot with a small amount of time to do so. However, Cooper is known to be a history buff outside of his music career. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that may, that's Cooper's one of those trivia things that sounds like it's real, right? No, like, that, that, probably that's real. Probably, that, probably, that probably really happened. Yeah. Um, Dana Carvey played his own drums. Uh, the only Saturday Night Live spinoff to make more than $100 million, except for the Blues Brothers. And there was another that one I read. actually kind of surprises me. Yeah. McGruber should have. <laughs> uh, that, that's very true. And you're right about the Cantonese thing, obviously. Um, uh, Donna Dixon, has uh, Garth's dream woman, has been uh, Dan Aykroyd's wife since yeah. 1983. I think they recently split, though, so I don't know if that's right. Not anymore, probably. Or maybe, I think they split, but they're staying married, probably because they have too, <laughs> too many assets together. <laughs> D- divorce is hard. Divorce is hard. Um, but Ro- yeah, uh, Robin Rusin? Sure. So I never, All right. Robin Rusin, who played the waitress at Stan Makita's Donuts, was married to Mike Myers from 93 until 2006. 
Oh, the one that Garth is uh, super into. There you go. The foxy lady. Yeah. Um, Chris Farley, also in this movie, a bit part, yep. uh, different from the part that he would play in Wayne's World 2. Um, but it's a great, great bit part for Chris Farley to have. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, originally set in Ontario, Canada. So it says on here. Mm-hmm. Change it to Aurora, Illinois. Sure. That's probably a smart change. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, a lot, a lot of good trivia here, guys. Good Me- stuff. Meatloaf has a cameo in he this. He does. Yeah, that was, that was confusing to me. Uh, totally random. Yeah, how Meatloaf got in there. Chris Farley, he joined SNL, I think, in 1990, and he just found his way into every SNL yeah. film in these little bit parts. Wayne's World, Coneheads, Wayne's World 2, Airheads. Airheads is an SNL. Um, I do like Airheads, though. Mm-hmm. It's a good film. The shitty Beatles, are they any good? They suck. <laughs> Billy so it's Ma- not just a clever name. Billy Madison, his uh, role as a uh, bus driver, as the bus driver is yeah. just iconic. Honestly, it's such a good bit role. And all of those before he ever got his own film, Tommy Boy. So, so when I was a kid, I would say lines from this movie endlessly, and I remember getting in trouble uh, one time because I didn't know the meaning necessarily of a line. I just said it because it was in the movie when we were getting. Um, uh, so someone was ordering Asian food sometime, and, and, I, and I said, I'll have the cream of some young guy. Oh, no. Oh. And my mom was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? It's from Wayne's what? World. It's from Wayne's World. We watched that film together, and you and laugh I want every it. time. I want it. <laughs> and I want it in my mouth now. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I like I like saying the lines from Wayne's World. Yeah, no, that, I mean, they're they're great. They are great. Uh, what What's next, then? Coneheads. Coneheads will be the next one. Coneheads. Coneheads right. and Wayne's World too. And listen, if you're watching these films with us, you know, th- this isn't supposed to be fancy podcast time. This is just us talking about films that we love to get us through until the writers and the uh, actor strike is over. Uh, but we do want to support them. Uh, Would you guys want to see Wayne's World 3? No. No? No, I saw Mike Myers the other day, He uh, like, are preparing for this, and he's getting very, very old. I mean- Is it time to- Bill and Ted's- uh, uh, ride, ride Bill and Ted mu- Face the Music. Face the Music. Right? Keanu Reeves w- looks w- much better. But was pretty pretty good, right? Yeah, I, I liked it. And, and so if they could find a way to do yeah. a, a kind of a- It's a, like kind of a legacy sequel a little exactly. bit. Exactly. I think there's a way to do that, no. and, and I honestly would be okay with it. I, I don't know if, you know, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey are in- great terms anymore uh, yeah I think, they, they I, think, I think they're fine now. yeah they, i would like that i i think that i don't want i think it. there's room in the universe i don't that. think that it would be anywhere near as good as i would want it to yeah, be that's what i'm saying uh, it would only disappoint and that's and that's based on the fact that like more recent iterations of wayne's world they've done for funsies haven't always been sure. that great but part I, of the charm of the characters too is because they played guys in their early 20s that were kind of just like uh, naive about the world a little bit right but there would be something fun i think about you know having them be older and like in a modern age and like so, you know, trying to figure it out. Mike Ed O'Neill's still behind the diner. See, Mike Myers uh, movies. What do you like better, Wayne's World or Austin Powers? Wayne's World. That's really hard because yeah, I, me too. I, I, I don't know if I can decide. I loved the Austin Power movies me when too. they came out. I was. I think that I've probably seen them. Probably second most quotable film for me. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I I remember crying, laughing at at Goldmember, just crying, laughing and. <laughs> It's just he's just funny. No, the Austin yeah. Powers movies are hilarious. Wayne's World is, for you is is high, ab- yeah. absolutely. High. They're probably equal for me, but I don't know. I felt more nostalgic watching Wayne's World. I think that's that's what it is. It, it hits on a, a little bit of a different level yep, and a I more think, emotional. I, level I for think me. that I think that the first Austin Powers movies is, is is funnier. I think there's more jokes, but I think the Wayne's World's a better movie for sure. All right, well, we're not watching watching Austin Powers because that is Although maybe we'll Marcus get around film. to it. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Anything tangentially related I would actually, to SNL. I, I should rewatch it. I haven't watched it in many, many years, but I should rewatch Austin Powers. You before. know, I have the trilogy on Blu ray, Nate. Ugh. I don't have Here a Blu ray player. My, my computer doesn't even have a DVD player. Do on. you have uh, an Xbox or a PlayStation? No, I'm not a gamer. I'm Do not. your kids have an Xbox or a PlayStation? They have an Oculus with the with the goggles. They don't have an Xbox or a no, PlayStation? They have an Oculus. What about an he, Xbox he just said or a PlayStation? <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you a $19 DVD player from Walmart. Honestly, why, why? Why would I want one? So that you can watch physical discs. I, I, yeah, again, I, I'm not. Hey, you know, my, my, my do favorite, you have a DVD player? Of course. Uh, I'm not weird, but <laughs> See? Uh, are, do you have a VCR still? Yeah, but no, but no, but no, because the quality of VHS away. is not. You don't but, throw them away. But no, listen, guys, because guys, you know my. Hey, this is my, a go fix no, yourself conversation. But listen, no, my favorite part about physical media is like when you're watching a movie and then it just goes error, 
and you have to like clean the disc off, and you're like, well, I guess we can't watch this movie anymore. Uh, That's hey, real fun. Hey, you know how what you avoid that? You take care of your fucking disc, you piece of shit. <laughs> okay, cut that. <laughs> I don't even, dude, this is not go flicks yourself. I don't care. I'm telling you, don't be a piece I of shit. I want our listeners to know. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, people need to know. Like, take care of your disc, like, and you won't have to worry about that. Seriously, this is turning into a go. Do you, do you, you, by the way, you eat a, you just, our, you just, our guests, our listeners might not know. Brad is actually being serious right yeah, now. No, yeah, he's, he's not do being you eat at a, all. Do you eat a sandwich off a dirty plate? No, you keep your plates clean. And you eat off I clean mean, plates. But after you watch it, though, or after you eat on the plate, it is dirty. So once Well, you I'm not watch, eating off DVDs. No, but you're getting it smudged. You're, if you know, you're smudging your DVDs, you're putting them in the machine wrong. That's what they got the hole for. <laughs> he's so serious I right know. now. <laughs> Come on, guys. What are you doing? You uh, know what I'm doing? Is I'm watching films on the TV through the internet. I think that the Travis Kelsey episode of Saturday Night <laughs> was better than Wayne's World. Wait, I said piece it. of shit. Our listeners know, need to know, know that Brad, did you see this? We do have a Travis Kelsey signed what? autograph. That's be- Brad. What the, the fuck is that? And Brad, where did it come Brad, from? Let me just let me just say this. When did you get this? Why do you have it? What's the way, going on? Uh, Nate, Nate, okay, Nate Lauk is holding in his hand like an eight by ten or whatever. Yeah, signed, uh, legitimately autographed photo of Travis Kelsey. Right. We put this. How long do you think it's been sitting on top of the? And we put it in your eye line. It had to be months. It's been about it, one and a half months. It says, "To Brad, love Travis." We didn't get that part, but I just bought it. On <laughs> that eBay. would be hilarious. I, I bought it on eBay. That could have been. That would have been the best thing ever. <laughs> but we put. I put it there probably about six weeks ago. Now, Why thought, would I have noticed? I mean, it's staring you right in the face. Yeah, but I don't like pay attention and clock all the new things that you. Put it was over on it your was show. literally one of the episodes of 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 the ten to one. Uh, ben and I were texting each other during the episode, and I said, "You have to buy him a." Po- <laughs> I wanted a big poster. That's yeah. of Travis Kelsey. But I like and this better like, because it's more subtle. Yeah, and clearly you didn't see it. Yeah, so, if, if anything, even if I noticed it, I probably would have assumed that it was like a picture that your dad got of a son that he loved more. <laughs> <laughs> Those are upstairs. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're in my closet. That's my that's shame. that is that's really funny though. So yeah. We love you, buddy. And we love Travis Kelsey. No, we don't. don't. And we love Wayne's World. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening. We're going to be back here in uh, a couple weeks. We'll do Coneheads. Uh, You've got a couple weeks to watch it. If you want to stay up to date with what we're doing, uh, make sure you listen to Go Flix Yourself. You can go to Go Flix Yourself Pod and uh, catch up there or just wherever podcasts are. You can find us. Every week we talk about different films we're watching, different trailers that are out. Uh, Brad complains about physical media not being bigger than digital media. I don't know what his beef is. but I'm going to take a picture of the Travis Kelsey and put it on our Facebook page for the the listener. Follow us online. Uh, we are on uh, Twitter or X. What is it now? <laughs> we call it Twitter still. <laughs> we are on Facebook. Uh, interact with us in whatever you can. We we miss SNL. I know you guys do as well. But we're grateful to have you guys as listeners and fans uh, while we go forward. You can find Brad online. Brad, where 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 are you? At Ethan underscore Anderton on Twitter and uh, slashfilm.com uh, where uh, occasionally maybe I'll write about something that is SNL related, even though SNL is not kicking around right now. You never know. And Ben and I are somewhere. Yep. So, uh, be good to yourself, be good to others. Bye. <laughs>